It's not an uncommon situation. It's actually something that is inevitable for everyone. And it really doesn't matter what you call these situations, these valleys, these crazy times, these storms of life. No one likes them. No one likes it when they're going through a storm in their life. They are exhausting. They're discouraging. They're humbling. And sometimes they're even terrifying or infuriating. Um, We know that they have a great potential to make us better people, but why? Why, uh, when we want to become better, does it have to be, does there have to be so much pain Does it have to be so frustrating, so much hardship? And for believers, people who uh, say that they follow Jesus, when the storms in life come, there's something that can be even more frustrating, even more discouraging, because we wonder where God is. We have this perception, even an expectation, that the entire purpose of God in our lives is to protect us from these storms, to keep us from getting in the middle of any kind of storm that we might have. As believers, we know that God is so powerful, but when the storm comes, why does it seem that He's so absent, that He's not there? This feeling, this perception is really quite common in so many of life's experience. The Bible records so many feelings like this. Listen to just a few of them. Psalm chapter 10. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, and I find no rest. It really is hard to have faith when we feel like this. When we're really terrified, it's hard to believe God is for us. When, if we're honest, we're not even sure if He's with us when those storms hit. Uh, uh, If we're really honest, I actually think that most of us hold on to faith and fear at the same time. We have a uh, a little bit of both while we're going through all of this. Uh, Sometimes there may be more than one Uh, than the other because it's hard to ignore the things that we see and hear that make us afraid we doubt and we're anxious and then just about the time that we think that we can't take it anymore we remember what God has done for us we hear about what God has done for other people and we are encouraged our faith grows And then just about that time again, when uh, everything is peaceful and we've calmed back down, we hear thunder, so to speak, in the distance. And then we start all over with fear and anxiety. It's a spiritual roller coaster of sorts. And um, we just go back and forth, up and down from believing God, doubting God, believing Him again, doubting Him again. It seems that That's the way many of us live. There's a great story uh, that tells about this. It's found in the book of Mark. 
We are looking at stories uh, that are like this, that give us a choice in life. And the choice that we're looking at today is the choice of faith or fear. Let's listen to Mark chapter 4. When evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. They left the crowd behind and they took him along in a boat just as he was. There were also other boats with him. A wild storm came up. Waves crashed over the boat and it was about to sink. Jesus, though, was in the back, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up. They said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and ordered the wind to stop. He said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Don't you have any faith at all yet? They were terrified. They asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. It's bad enough when you're in the middle of a storm and you wonder what God is doing, but it seems to be a bit unfair when God leads you and me into the storm. Did you hear what Jesus said? Did you pick up on his command that he gave to the guys? He said, let's go over to the other side. Now, it seems like a rather fair question from maybe them or even you or me. Why would God lead us into storms? Why would he lead us into places that would make us afraid? What's actually going on when God says, let's go over there? Having read the story, we know where the storm is coming uh, from And we also know when the storm is going to happen. In this context then, we have uh, a little bit of the knowledge of God. He knows where every storm is going to be and when it's going to happen. But the guys in the boat, they don't know that. They don't know when the storm is coming. They don't know how bad or uh, anything else uh, like that. They don't know about the storm. Had they known this when Jesus said, let's go over to the other side of the lake, I would happen to think that they would say, no, we're not going to do that right now. There's a storm coming and we don't want to be in danger. I mean, that's kind of common sense. I don't know which is worse if I think about it. I don't know uh, which is worse. Knowing that God knew and didn't warn them or the fact that he did know, and like Jesus, he's just asleep. He just doesn't seem to care. The guys actually say, don't you care? Doesn't it matter to you that there's water pouring over the sides of the boat, and you're there sleeping? Don't you care about what's about to happen to us? And I think sometimes you and I might shout the same kinds of things. You and I might cry out like the guys did. God, don't you care? I'm about to lose my job. Don't you care about what they said? I could lose my reputation. Don't you care what's happening? I'm about to lose my family, my marriage. God, I, I'm going to die. Did you hear what the doctor said? Don't you care? 
In his book, Spiritual Depression, Martin Lloyd-Jones writes this, God permits storms. He permits difficulties. He permits winds to blow and billows to roll and everything may seem to be going wrong and even ourselves are in jeopardy. Why? Why would God permit storms like this? Why does he allow you and I to go through some of the darkest valleys to be lashed upon and beat upon by the posts of people, the words that people say, the frailty of physical health, the pain of being lied to, being disappointed, being recognized as having made a foolish decision. Why does he permit this? Because people who follow Jesus are supposed to live by faith. That's why. Faith in him. Living by faith means that you and I are supposed to trust God every day in every way. Doing that doesn't just happen. It's not like we say that we have faith in God or we become believers. And the day that we become believers, suddenly we have complete faith. We doubt nothing. We believe everything. It doesn't really work like that. Our faith grows little by little, bit by bit. And it grows when it's tested. That's the point. Sometimes when those storms come, it can be really, really difficult. We learn more and better in each and every storm. Even though those storms can be really discouraging sometimes. But Jesus said, in the world, you will have trouble. But don't worry, I've overcome the world. When the guys, when the guys wake Jesus up, I'm not sure they actually expect him to do anything about the storm. I think if they knew that he could do what he eventually did, they would have woke him up a lot earlier, long before they were bailing the boat out, long before they were terrified that they were about to drown. We know the story of Jesus. We know all the story, stories of Jesus. We know the entire story, and we know how it ends up. But sometimes it can be really, really hard to see the power of God in our lives. Sometimes, even though we know the story of Jesus, sometimes it's hard to see the power of Jesus in our story. Jesus speaks to the storm. That in and of itself is absolutely fascinating. It's like talking to a tree. It doesn't make any sense. But yet, Jesus spoke to the wind. My uh, youngest daughter is in her final semester at Baylor University in Waco, Texas. Waco is also the location of the Texas Ranger Museum. The Texas Rangers are one of the most esteemed and storied law enforcement organizations in all the world. The Ranger motto is this, one riot, one ranger. 
Now, the story by which that motto came about is rather interesting, and there are stories in the lives of the rangers that confirm that motto, but the whole point behind the motto is this, one Texas ranger can handle the problem. That's the point. So, one storm, one Savior. There's only one Messiah, and you and I don't have His power. There's only one Savior, and it's really good that we know Him, even if we don't understand all the power that He has. This power of Jesus is witnessed by these guys in the boat, but they just don't understand it. I'm not sure, actually, if anyone really does understand it. Some of these men were professional fishermen. They had spent a whole lot of time on the water. They knew the reputation of the sudden storms of this lake. Jesus, however, knows the power that's needed, not just in this storm, but any storm. He knows exactly what to do in any and every situation. And just because we don't understand it doesn't mean he can't do it. Even if you you and I don't understand the power of Jesus, we can still experience the power of Jesus. This is not about Jesus calming the storms in my life, calming the storms in your life. This is about being calm in Jesus no matter what the storm is. When the storm is now gone, Jesus turns his attention to the guys in the boat. What's going on with you guys? Where's your faith? At first glance, I have to admit that this question seems kind of unfair. I mean, they were terrified. They were about to drown. Uh, These were professional fishermen, as I said, who were used to being on the water. And notwithstanding all of their experience, this storm was more than they could handle and they believed they were about to die. Talking about faith is one thing. Living your faith is an entirely different matter. Talking about faith happens in church services and in comfortable living rooms where we share coffee and there are no threats to anyone's lives. Living your faith, on the other hand, is entirely different. Living your faith takes place in hospital emergency rooms and in doctor's offices. It happens when you're arguing with your spouse or you're praying for your friend who has an addiction. Living by faith is when you're about to lose your job and you don't know what you're going to do next. It's when your child comes up to you and and screams at you, I know what I'm doing, and walks out the door, and you know that your child has no idea what he or she is doing. When God says, where's your faith? He's asking you and me if we really do trust Him, even though we can see the waves and hear the wind. He's asking and wants to know if you and I have the spiritual capacity to trust Him, even though it might not make sense in the moment. This is not so much about the storm that we're facing as much as it is about our relationship 
with God. Do we really believe what we say we believe? Storms can be short or long in duration. They can be familiar to us about common experiences in life, or they can be so unexpected that they shake and challenge the very foundations of everything that we believe. And whether uh, it's a common storm or a -a once-in-a-lifetime crisis, God asks you and me, where's your faith? Do you trust me to take care of you? Do you believe my power is limited or I can do anything? Do you believe that I can do anything in your life? It's not so easy an answer for you and me. It really is challenging. Our knowledge or our understanding of God is never complete. Uh, the guys had spent some time with Jesus, but that doesn't mean they knew everything about Jesus. And even if they did know everything about Jesus, it doesn't mean they understood everything about Jesus and everything about his mission. They had seen him heal people. I have seen doctors do amazing things. They had listened to Jesus make the wisest men of their day be silent because of the things that he taught. I've heard some amazing messages from men who I believed were had once in a lifetime intellect. But like these men, I spent some time at sea. I've seen waves higher than buildings. And like them... I have never known anyone to have the power over nature to speak and the weather would obey. Their fear changed when they saw what happened. Originally, they were afraid of the storm and now they're afraid of Jesus. It actually says that after he did what he did, that they were terrified. I don't think you and I would have been any different. What just happened? How is that even possible? Who is this man? Who are you, Jesus? It's kind of a challenging line. The line that you and I walk when we follow Jesus. We have a desire to believe everything that is said about God, that we read about God, to believe everything that it's true and that it's real. And yet there's this awkwardness about us because there are times that we doubt the very things that we say we believe. It really is a challenging line that we walk. I like what one preacher said in talking about this section of Mark chapter 4. The disciples question Who is this man? Shows me that despite all my Bible reading, all my assertions about faith, and all my prayers, I'm not entirely convinced every day that God will do what I've asked him to do. In Mark chapter 9, just a few chapters ahead, a man brings his child uh, who is very sick to Jesus, wondering if Jesus can heal him. He says to Jesus, Heal my child 
if you can. And Jesus turns around, having heard the qualifier in the man's voice. If I can. Jesus says, everything is possible to the one who believes. And the man's response is you and me. The man says to Jesus, I do believe. I need you to help me with the things that I don't believe in. God, there are so many things that I believe about you, but then there are times that I doubt. God, there are so many things that I have absolutely no problem about you, but there are some times when I doubt. And it's not because you don't have the power, it's because I don't have the faith. It's not because you can't do what you say you do, it's because I just am afraid. I want you to know that what was true before the storm is true in the middle of the storm. Don't doubt what you heard, what you now hear in the dark when you heard that truth in the light. Don't dark that. Even though you're afraid, I want you to choose faith. Even though you're in the middle of a valley, where you can't see light on the other side, I want you to choose faith. Even though you don't understand, I want you to choose faith. And even though you might not think it's possible, I want you to choose faith. Because you believe in a God who can do more. You believe in a God who can do anything. You follow Jesus. And anything is possible for those who believe. God, thank you so much for this great story. God, forgive us when we find ourselves doubting the very things that we believe. God, you are always faithful. And we are faithful sometimes. God, you are always powerful. And we are rarely powerful. God, you are the one that hears us when we cry out. You know the greatest dangers. We only see some of them. You know the things that make us afraid. You know the very depths of the things that we doubt and why we doubt. You know our history. You know our fears. You know when we're strong and we, when we can't wait to lean on you. God, notwithstanding our weaknesses, notwithstanding the times that we have faith and the times that we have fear, help our unbelief. Help us, God, to always choose faith over fear. Not just so that we will always have peace in our lives, but so that others who also doubt at times, who don't know you, will see the faith that we have, that you've given to us, the reasons to believe, the, the testimonies that we have. Help us, God, to, to, to share with them why we believe in you, to tell them what you've done in our lives, so that they too will choose you. They too will choose to have faith in Jesus. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.